Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news, Cloudflare has built a service called Turnstile to enable people to securely bypass CAPTCHAs. For Apple users, it'll be even better, allowing you to automatically bypass CAPTCHAs using iOS 16. So Apple made this possible with the iOS 16 release, but it required that sites make changes to get it to work. Cloudflare's new service lets sites avoid that work by just calling an API. And they don't even have to be a Cloudflare customer. I think this is super cool. Someone actually went after CAPTCHAs, which is one of the most annoying things online. And uh, I think if Cloudflare is trying to get us to forget Kiwi Farms, this is kind of working. Now do cookie pop-ups. There's a new exchange, Zero Day, and it's being used in active attacks. It's actually two vulns. One is an SSRF and the other is an RCE. The company that found the issues, GTSE, has linked the exploits and the attacks to China. And the FBI caught an ex-NSA employee trying to sell top-secret documents to a foreign government, used an email account to send the documents to who he thought was a foreign government representative, but it was an FBI agent. The U.S.'s FCC is moving to ban spam text messages. And Auth0 says source code may have been stolen during a, quote, security event. External cybersecurity is your first line of defense. Threat activity originates beyond the corporate perimeter. Traditional security protections have a role in holistic cybersecurity program, but they aren't enough. External cybersecurity allows you to look beyond the perimeter, keep your eyes on the horizon, and protect your organization, your employees, and your customers sooner. Download the External Cybersecurity Guide to learn the definition and elements of external cybersecurity, benefits of a strong external cybersecurity strategy, tips to overcome barriers in the gray space, and scientific use cases of external cybersecurity. Can download it at zerofox.com slash unsupervised learning. Technology news. Tesla did another demo of its robot this year at its AI day event. This time it was a real robot instead of somebody in a robot suit. But their demo showed a surprising amount of humility. Elon and others made lots of comments about modest, steady progress, which is a change in tone to how they talk about, say, for example, getting to Mars. Elon has said he believes robots in the home will be far more important to humans than electric cars. And I think I believe him. Google has killed off Stadia, its cloud gaming platform. Nobody is surprised, least of all me. I don't know why somebody important at the company isn't asking serious questions about why so many products go from inception to graveyard in just a couple of years. I'm sure someone actually is asking that, but not effectively. It's becoming a serious trust issue. Why should I be excited about a new product offering if I can safely assume it'll be shut down soon? And yeah, one to three to four years, that, that's very soon. Zuckerberg has frozen hiring at Meta. The memo announcing the freeze said the budget next year would be, quote, very tight. There's no longer a waiting list for Dolly 2, so you can go make some images with OpenAI now. 
And BMW is going to use Amazon Alexa as its new in-car assistant technology. Human news. There were four explosions along the Nord Stream natural gas pipeline last week, which were widely believed to be the result of sabotage. The U.S. and other governments blame Russia. And Russia is blaming the U.S. And this damage will further exacerbate Europe's serious energy crisis that's going on right now, heading into winter. Content ideas and analysis. Stadia is Google's product strategy. This is me predicting Stadia's demise as early as the week that it launched. I brought in a bunch of comments that I, I put various places in the newsletter, on Twitter, etc. And uh, yeah, I've got multiple posts here about why it's so bad at product strategy and UI, UX. Got a bunch of um, screenshots of the management portals and just it's so hard to use Google's products. And as soon as Stadia came out, I just knew it was doomed for this reason. Like they're so good at so many things, like the backend technology, speed, performance, all those things are amazing. But if you can't make people enjoy using it, it's not going to work. And if you've not been following the chess scandal that's been going on, there's a massive cheating situation in chess right now. It's the biggest controversy in chess actually forever in all of history as far as most people alive can remember it started when a young u.s player known for admitting to cheating online beat magnus carlson arguably the best player of all time and the current world champion and he actually beat him easily using the black pieces which is harder and magnus resigned shortly after and started insinuating that hans who's the guy that beat him was cheating what's really interesting is that the internet has now started doing deep analysis comparing all the moves that a given game went through. So at every given point, it's calculating what the computer would have done. And just to remind you, computers are way better than humans, including way better than Magnus and all the other great chess players that have ever existed. So I think the top score right now for a computer is like 3,800. And I think Magnus is something like 2,900. So it's a massive gap. It basically, there's no way Magnus can beat a computer. So th there's a giant gap there. So what they're doing is they're looking and saying, what would the computer have done at every single move for both sides? And how closely does the move match what the computer would have done? And over the course of a game, how often did it match? And what they found is that this guy Hans matches the computer more than I think anybody in history. You'll have to validate that but I believe that's what this analysis is saying. And th for that reason, all these chess experts are basically saying, yeah, it looks like really bad for Hans. And they're being reluctant to say for sure. I'm sure they don't want to get sued. But uh, yeah, really interesting. So now the controversy is moving towards like, okay, well, how could he be cheating? Because this was live over the board chess. This was not online. And there's all sorts of proposals about like, Maybe it was Morse code. Maybe it's like something in his mouth. that's like tapping on his tooth. Um, there is a mock-up of like a little bead type, like ovular plastic thing. I, I imagine with some kind of radio transmitter inside of it. And you basically put it up your butt and it like shakes or something, um, to send you the, the move that you're supposed to make, uh, in Morse code. I'm not sure if they made that as like an example just for fun or if um, 
they're proposing that somebody might have actually used these. But we do know now that there is cheating that happens definitely online, but also over the board because people are often allowed to use their phones, not during the, they're not allowed to pull it out and look at it, but they can go to the bathroom, for example, and they might come back and play a really winning move. But I love this analysis dynamic because now we could look and say, oh, you went to the bathroom and came back and you played a move that 100% matched on um, what the computer would have done. That's amazing. Maybe you found something in the bathroom. So we can expect to hear more about this as time goes on, but it looks like this guy Hans is in pretty bad shape, assuming the investigations go the direction that they're currently heading. Next one here, more access for artists means it's harder to get noticed. So I've been thinking a lot about meritocracy lately, whether it's good, bad, or neutral. One of my thoughts there, which I'll turn into a full essay soon, is that meritocracy magnifies inequality. Or to put it another way, I've heard it said, if there are two main reasons for outcome differences, innate talent and environment, and you equalize environment, then you will naturally see a wider distribution according to talent. Something like that is happening with it becoming easier to produce and publish music, to make art using AI tools, or to make videos on YouTube, for example. It's like the more people who do it, the more the 90% fade into the background, and the top 10%, or even the top 1%, or even the top, you know, 10% of 1% just shine even brighter. This is quite sobering to me. I'd much rather believe that meritocracy and opening up creativity to the masses more generally will help many more people. And I suppose it will, but perhaps not in the numbers it would need to happen in order to sustain a population of people who can't compete with robots and automation in other areas. So, yeah, I, I would just love to believe that we can all become artists and once you get your stuff out there, people will be able to find you. But this AI art stuff and the music industry, they're all sort of indicating that you just kind of fade into the background noise. Most people will. The vast majority will. So I want to do some more thinking there. And if you have any thoughts, let me know. Notes. I'm reading three books by Will Store right now. I started with the status game after seeing Will on Sam Harris's podcast. But once he mentioned his other two books at the beginning of that book, I went and did those two. So I finished the first one already. I'm mostly done with the second one. And I can't wait to get back into the first one, which was the third book, which is the brand new book that just came out. And I also hear he has even more previous ones. I think, um, I don't know, something like The Unconvincibles, or I can't remember. It's something about people who just ignore science. But I'm thinking about submitting The Science of Storytelling, which is the one I'm currently reading for book club next month really like it that much. And I just had a super sick idea of how to display a book summary. I'm going to build it and use a display like that for all of our book summaries on the member site. Basically, I'm going to have a slider for depth, starting with the single sentence summary like I have today. So when you go to the book summary, it's going to have the title at the top, and it's going to be one simple sentence that summarizes the entire book. And at the top, you're going to see that it is all the way to the left. And there's like five more tick boxes or um, markers on the slider that goes from left to right. So if you slide it over one more, you're going to get chapter outlines. So basically, what is the most important idea for a chapter? And if you slide it even more, you get the key points for the chapter. And you're still getting the summary at the top, right? So it's like increasing level of depth. And if you go all the way 
to the right, you now have the key points of each chapter and the chapter titles and the overall idea plus analysis, if there is any. So it's like a sliding bar of like four levels of depth. And by default, it just summarizes the book in one sentence. And I think that is a super cool way to just consume content. I wish I could consume all content like this. Like when I hear about a book, you know, you only have 10 seconds to talk to someone. They're like, oh, I just love this book. I just finished it. Oh, really? What's it about? Boom. What's that sentence? Right. That's going to be the top of every book summary, that sentence. And if they're like, oh, really? How did it get to that conclusion? Like, what do they say? Now, boom, you're at the second level of depth. They didn't ask for a dissertation. They asked for a couple of extra pieces of data, a, a one extra level of depth, right? Which is essentially like chapter summaries. So boom, that's the next tick mark. So I just love this idea. I, I, I wish I could condense all information like that. Like every YouTube video should look like this. Every book should look like this. In fact, wouldn't it be amazing if every book came out and it just had this format available? So like right at the beginning of the book or at the end or at the bottom of the page or whatever, it's like click here for the, you know, expandable version or something. And then every book has this format. I don't know. I'm going to advocate for it. I think it's super, super cool idea. And I just massively up-leveled my Apple Watch Ultra by getting a silver Milanese loop for it. Matches the watch pretty closely because the watch is titanium and the loop I think is, I don't know, stainless. But looks really nice and uh, just gives it a quite a bit more refined look. And I'm super exciting what we're about to be bringing to members. Way more content. Better organization of content. Just better overall. Not having a separate day job is going to be spectacular in so many ways. And this is one of my favorites. Discovery. Migrate. Probably pronouncing that wrong. 2000 stars, Migrate collects a dossier on a person by username only, checking for accounts on over 2,500 sites and gathering all the available information from each source. It then turns that into a PDF and or a mind map for you. This is by Soksoj, I think. Let me know, also in Offsec, well, the other one was in Recon, but this is Offsec. Let me know can be used for identifying mysterious text or to analyze hard-coded strings from captured network packets, malware, or just about anything. So you basically pass it a string or a piece of text or whatever, and it tells you, oh, this looks like it's a um, AWS key. It looks like this is a password. It looks like this is encoded or encrypted in some sort of way, or it looks like it's a hash. Basically tries to reverse engineer what this mystery piece of text is. Nginx under Offsec is a simple tool or Nginx Poner is a simple tool to look for common Nginx misconfigurations and vulnerabilities. And I got a report here um, or a blog post, what I learned by reading 200 plus IDOR reports, an in-depth analysis of IDOR bug bounty reports, including where they're usually found, what most people get wrong about doing them and uh, how to go about looking for them. And this is by Ninen. Um, oh, and Engine Exponer is by Starcode. Really cool name. And the Q4 2022 Reddit Information Security Hiring Thread is now out. Got a cool article here, how Palantir does continuous vulnerability scanning. How Corbin Leo hacked a game company this year. Learning is remembering. 
a New York Times breakdown of white, pink, brown, and other types of noise and what they're being used for, including some cool sound demos. This is a New York Times story. Cloudflare launched Radar 2.0. It's a basically an internet monitoring with uh, some security pew-pew thrown in. Pretty cool if you're into that type of thing, which I am. Inflation is affecting book printing by forcing smaller publishers to use thinner pages to create shorter books and use tighter typography and other cost-saving measures. You don't need Scrum. You just need to do Kanban correctly and work on the stuff that matters. Recommendation of the week. There are four things you want to say to loved ones before they die. One, I love you. Two, I forgive you. Three, please forgive me. And for parents who are dying, four, I'm proud of you. And this is from Shoshana Berger and BJ Miller. And the aphorism of the week, man is the only creature who refuses to be what he is. Man is the only creature who refuses to be what he is. Albert Camus. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.